0: Today I want to talk about time. Time. Our most valuable resource. Romans chapter 13 is my main text. I'm reading from verse 8 to verse 14 in the New King James Version Bible. I'm going to read that as well in other translations, so bear with me as I read it because I'd like you to get the full sense of what is it is saying it says oh no one anything except to love one another for he who loves he, he who loves another has fulfilled the law for the commandments you shall not commit adultery you shall not murder you shall not steal You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. If there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does not harm, does no harm to your neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. And do this, watch this now, knowing the time that now it is high time To awake out of sleep. For our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Can I hear an amen? I want to focus on that verse 11. But no, do this. Knowing... The time. For now, it is high time. Tell your neighbor it is high time. Tell your other neighbor it is high time. I read an article a few years ago where someone was actually explaining the process they go through when they launch uh, all these uh, spaceships into the air on some mission, you know, either going to the moon or going to fix. Uh, things in outer space and all that, when they go out on this mission, on this expedition, they, you know, it's a very long process. You know, you know, any space mission takes many, many months to prepare. In fact, it's actually years to prepare. And as they count down, they have to check everything properly and make sure that everything is to the T. And then the moment comes where it's, it's, it's about to launch and the astronauts have to be in this spaceship many hours before, just ready to go. So they, you know, the spaceship is there, it's on the launch pad, and then the time comes, it's five hours to go, four hours to go, three hours to go, you know, two hours to go, one hour to go, counting down, you know, 30 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go, 10 minutes to go, one minute to go, 30 seconds to go, and then 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Four, three, two, and one. And just before launching, they call that high time. It's the irreversible moment where all that has been planned for must be executed. You can't change your mind as an astronaut. You can't do that because... This computerized system has already kicked into motion and it's just that time and it's high time. So what happens at that time, you can't go wrong. You can't press the wrong button. Are you understanding me? We pray to God that the computers don't malfunction because it's high time. It's just telling us about the importance of that moment, how critical and life-changing that time is. And Paul uses that expression. He says, it is high time. Tell your neighbor it's high time. He says, and do this knowing the time, that it is high time. Why, what's the high time for? It's high time to awake out of sleep. It's high time to awake out of sleep. Why, Paul? Because our salvation is nearer now than we first believed. In our, is saying we are running out of time. We are getting close to the closing out of time for the time that we have been borrowed here on earth. You can't afford not to use your time properly. It is high time. Tell somebody it is high time. Tell somebody it is high time. Tell somebody it is high time. The New Living Translation says, and I'll read only verse 11. This is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, Tzuha, tzuha. He says, wake up, for our salvation is nearer now than we first believed. The Weymouth Translation says, Carry out these injunctions because you know the critical period at which we are living, and now it's high time to rouse yourself from sleep. Is that correct? <laughs> Whatever it is, get right you have to move yourself you have to motivate yourself you have to get yourself in action you can't wait for other people it's high time the moment is urgent the time is serious the time is destiny changing it's high time somebody say it's high time Verse 12, the night is far advanced. The day is about to dawn. I believe this period that we are going through right now has given us a different perspective about time. On the 26th of March last year, our president announced lockdown in South Africa for 21 days. And we were told that it is to to, to contain the spread of the coronavirus. And we're all aware that intervention was necessary. Of course, the lockdown was not exclusive to us in South Africa, but the whole world went under lockdown. So that even to date, lockdown is implemented as per the rate of infection for the specific country. Here we are in South Africa. I don't know how many of you know how many days you've been under lockdown. 507 days. And 507 days later, how our lives have changed. Goodness. Our lives are no longer the same. We've got loved ones we don't have today. We've got people who've lost their jobs. People who lost their livelihoods. Here we are in church, we're sitting with 50 people. Our lives are not the same. Because things can change very quickly. We sit here today and are asking ourselves, could we have leveraged our time differently? Did we understand that it was high time all the time? Our text says it's high time to awake from sleep. The context here is that Paul was exhorting these believers not to waste their time living in sin. He's saying, stop diverting yourself and doing what you should not do, awake from sleep. Do God's will because it's a critical period. It's high time. Our salvation is nearer. We have no time to waste. See, so the reality is this. Ladies and gentlemen, God has allotted length of, ta- length of days to every one of us. In fact, Psalms chapter 90 tells us that God gives us 70 years to live on the earth. Of course, we know some don't live to be 70. Some live to be 70. Some live to be more than 70. But Psalms 90, Moses alludes to that. The importance and the agency of using this time allotted to us with wisdom. Why? Because it's a brief life. Look at Psalms 90 verse 10. I read the New King James Version. It says the days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength, there are 80 years. Yet, their boast is only labor and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. It says even these days, they are not all smooth. There are days that are rough and difficult. And even as you get older, even if you live long, unfortunately, some people their elderly life it's all lived in sickness and disease. And it says before what's it's cut off. The funny thing about people who've lived long, when you ask them, you know, can you say anything?" They'll say, "I was shocked how short life is." And mutaana le hundred. And they say it's short because their perspective of the length of life at the end of their life is a different one to a 20-year-old who hasn't gone anywhere with life. They think they have forever. So the 20-year-old does not appreciate the high time equation. They think they have enough time. So they think they can waste their life, they can do whatever, they will catch up. But they don't realize Sometimes you don't get time to catch up. So Moses says in verse 12, so teach us to number our days that we may gain the hand of wisdom. So Moses says, and I want us to work with this. He says, you know, God gives us about 70 years, even even more, okay? Some less, some more. But when it comes to time, God gives us that. So let's look at time. We have 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, 7 days a week, 52 weeks a year, 365 and a quarter days in a year. On leap year, 366 days. God has allotted us. Let's work with 70 years. Let's do the mathematics now. If we use 70 as a standard, this is what we are told by scientists we spend 15 years of our lives in childhood. Still, you are a teenager. So, so fifteen years So I mean you didn't do much. You spend all that time with la Oh no now So it's already from seventy minus fifteen already. Just want to show you how much time you have. <laughs> and then they tell us that the last five years of our lives. We need to curtail activity because we're not as strong. You have to slow down and not. you can't run at the pace of a 20-year-old when you are 65 or 70. You can't. So even if you slow down, so you're minus 5. <laughs> so already we have minus how much? 15 plus 5. 20. Then we are told that <laughs> we spent about 20 years of our lives sleeping. That's just average sleeping. Some of you, you spent 30 years sleeping, but averagely, <laughs> we spent 20 years sleeping. <laughs> so five years in elderly life, 15 years as a child, 20 years sleeping, that's 40 years. So from, from 70, you minus 40. Yeah. So all you have is 30 years, and of that 30 years, you must make time to sleep. I mean, you must make time to eat, rather, time to rest, time to talk, time to be on vacation. You must include all the other things, time for SMS, <laughs> of that 30 years. So you don't have as much time as you think. Really, you only have 30 years to live. That's how brief our life is. No wonder the Bible, it's high time. You think you have a lot of time. No, you don't. No, you don't. Therefore, the wisdom is to spend our lives in important things. Is to spend our life in God-ordained things. It's to spend our life in things that have to do with God's will. Because if you look at the life of Christ, he spent his life, lived for only 30 years. But right at the end of his life, he says, I have finished You can't finish if you didn't know how to prioritize your time. So I want to go through the following points with you. Number one, I want to show you the brevity of time. Our time is brief. In the same Psalms chapter 90 from verse 3 in the NIV Bible, listen, Moses says about God, you turn men back to dust, saying, return to dust, O sons of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day. That has just gone by. Or like a watch in the night. You sweep men away in the sleep of death. They are like new grass on the morning. Though in the morning it springs up new, by evening it's dry and withered. Hey, what's it's You get old quickly. You get old. You don't know when that happened. It's that quick. Our life is very brief. James 4, verse 14, the second part of verse 14. He says, What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. That's your life. Born, born, born. Look at that. Your life. Look at that. Look at that. Look how quickly it just appears gone. Very brief. Much more shorter than what you thought. Number two, the agency of time. Hebrews 3 verse 14 says, For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says. Today. Somebody say today. Say it again. Say it again. Yes. Look at your neighbor. Say today. Yes. Tell him today. Yes. Tell her today. Say to them, not tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Not what it says. He says, today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. Why? It's urgent. What God tells you today, it's urgent. It must be listened to now, today. James 4, from verse 13 in the New Living Translations. He says, look here. You who say, today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We will do business there and make profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? How do you know? He says, your life is like morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. He says, what you ought to say is if the Lord wants. We will live and do this or that. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own plans. All such boasting is evil. Remember, watch verse 17. It is sin to know what you ought to do and not do it. If God reveals to you what you must do it and you don't put agency to it. Today in this service, there's something that God will speak to you about your life. It's urgent. Don't postpone it. Don't, don't look at who's looking at you. Don't worry who's saying what. It's urgent for you. Respond to the call. I said respond to the call. I said respond to the call. Don't worry who's saying something. Respond to the call. It's urgent. You may, you may not have the opportunity again. Number three, the tyranny of time. Unfortunately, in the time we live in in the world, time controls us. The pace of our world has become so fast. I mean, if you think about the olden days, Bazalan. You know, if you do, I remember, <laughs> and I'll say this in a right way. You know, I, I remember, and I had to correct myself as a young person. You know, where I grew up, one of our neighbors, and I won't say which one it was, because it's the principle I'm talking about. This, you know, just elderly person who, they, they were just never, this man was never in a hurry. Never. You know, as a child, ne? you come running through, and they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. Musa, dumelang bakul. Okay, you And I look at him and say, Okay, you And then he would say, What's your Mama? want to knock back out my I not papa. all right. I'm get mama. Mama, right, then he starts through asking about all my sisters, and I've got four of them. What one at a time? And I'm, this man was never in a hurry. Never in a hurry. But you know, we, we, we live through the frenzy of a spirit life. We rush through life, yet at the end of our lives, we don't know what we did with that speed. And unfortunately, we are forced by the world to push us into a corner where we must get everything instant. And they want you to feel like you are losing us. Somebody lied to us when they gave us a cell phone. Somebody lied to us, I never bled, like the Instagram, the WhatsApp, the SMS. They didn't tell us how our lives will be crowded out. Somebody didn't tell us, once over the Facebook, once you're on Instagram, once you start posting, people demand for you to sit there and, and talk to them. And they own your life. And if you don't respond speedily, backward. We are pressured to have so many likes. So many followers. It's even worse now. People love the virtual world. Ah, we love the virtual world. We want reality shows. People. It's so hard today, you know, when something happens, even when you're supposed to take the news somewhere,. Hey. And that's why when you post things, it's so dangerous. So we have been pushed into a corner and we have been overloaded with junk mail, struggling to pause, struggling to breathe, struggling to be ourselves. We are never present. But Jesus understood, don't allow the pace of the crazy world and the tyranny of time to drown you out. This is what he said in John 9, verse 4. He says, I must work the works of him who sent me whilst it is still day, for the night comes when no man can work. Jesus is saying, I know there's a lot of things to do, but I'm going to focus on the works of him who sent me. I'm not going to focus on everything. And Bazana, you must refuse for people to own you. You are not obligated to try and be the savior of the world. There's only one savior of the world. His name is Jesus, not you. There are things that are not your assignment. You don't have to answer every person who asks you. You don't have to connect with everybody who comes your way. You don't, to, you don't have to. In John 17, when he prays, he says, I have glorified you on earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. Jesus is saying, I took the time to do the essentials. I was pointed in where I'm spending my time. So if I may advise you, take time to pray. Take time to read the Bible. Take time to study. Take time to love. Take time to be with family. Take time to be with friends. Take time to be at church. Take time. Use that time. Because before you know it, it's gone. Jesus focused on what needed to be done at that particular time period. It's very interesting to note about the healing of the man of the the gate of beautiful. When you read where this man was, it's very possible where he was located, Jesus passed by that place. But he never healed that guy. So Jesus knew he didn't heal everybody. He only healed those that God has sent them to heal within his time. Ah. You don't have to solve everybody's problem. There are people who will come and say, you didn't help me. Of course I didn't help you. I wasn't assigned to help you. Somebody else was assigned to help you. Of course I can't answer everybody's problem. I cannot be God. If you don't do that, you'll spend your life running around, chasing the wind, and never getting there, and never fulfilling God's purpose. Number four, the immediateness of time. Certain things only come once in our lives. And if we don't use that opportunity, it may lead to regret. Think about the thief on the cross. Two thieves. The one thief said to Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you, Lord, to forgive me. Jesus says, tonight you'll be with me in paradise. The other thief, same opportunity. Instead of using the opportunity, he doesn't. And I'm sure he's regretting now in hell where he is. So there's one opportunity. Some opportunities don't come again. God wants you, when you hear something, to be immediate about it. In 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1 and 2, it says, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you. To not receive the grace of God in vain. In other words, when the grace of God is been offered to you, don't treat it with contempt. Don't, don't, don't let it not be in vain. Let not the preaching and the teaching and everything we are doing be in vain. Let it not be in vain. Verse 2, he says, he says, in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Some of you, now is the day of change. Now is the day of challenge. Now is the day of transformation. Now is the day you receive Christ in your life right where you are at home. Now is the day. With this cold weather and everything going around, this is the day that God has chosen for your life to be a different life. The New Living Translation says, "And just the right time I heard you, on the day of salvation, I helped you. It says, God's pastors we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. God says, at just the right time I heard you, on the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Number five, the criticalness of time. The criticalness of time. When truth is presented to us, we mustn't vacillate between two opinions. We need to be decisive people and make decisions on the side of God and be unapologetic about it. We can't sit on the fence concerning the truth and the truth of God's word. We can't sit on the fence when we need to be making a stance for what the word of God says. We see Elijah challenging people in his day, in the time of King Ahab. God's people had followed idols, worshiping Baal. They were in a state of being backslidden. And he challenges the prophets of Baal to a supernatural showdown to demonstrate who's the real God. But before he does, he turns to the people. He says, Ahab, call the people, gather them, bring them all to Mount Camel. I want everybody there to come over there because it's a critical time. Listen what he says to them in 1 Kings 18, verse 21. Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter between two opinions? How long will you sit on the fence? How long will you not make the right decision, even if you know what's right? How long will you falter between two opinions? He says, if the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. He says, but the people didn't answer him a word. See, people get quiet instead of making a choice. Instead of making the choice, it's critical for us that we don't vacillate, we don't become indecisive. Why? Because the longer we wait is the longer we're running out of time. If we drown ourselves in a spirit of postponing and drown ourselves from truth, we will be like the people who were on the Titanic. We are told when the Titanic sank, the captains who had been told, who had received all the warnings that the ship was about to run aground, that there was an iceberg in the way, the captains ignored it. Instead, they decided to go down to the banquet, celebrate. Are you going to be that person who's going to celebrate? when you should be making the right decisions. Are you going to be that kind of person who's going to not be aware that you're running out of time, you're about to run aground? Few minutes before the ship ran aground, the people were having a party. The people were drinking themselves into a stupor, not knowing they had a few minutes. Few minutes left on earth. What are you going to do with those few minutes? I never will forget, when I was in Germany a few years ago, at Reinhard Bonker's crusade. I didn't see this happen, but somebody told me. I didn't see it happen in that service, but it did happen. It's just that I wasn't aware it happened. After Reinhard Bonker preached, he made an altar call, like I'm going to make an altar call now. And called people to come forward to receive Christ. Young men came to the front to receive Christ. And as he came to the front, stood in the front, as Reinhard Bonker was leading them to Christ. And they went through The prayer, as they said amen, the young man fell to the ground and died on the spot. And I forget that story. When I heard that story, I thought, how close was that? Because I don't think God actually tells us that you're going to die at 5 to 10. It just happens. How many people die when they were not ready? I never will forget the story. I told you about it. I was 17, 18 years old when I saw this. Young man who went to Inclusion Station to board a train. He was on one train on the other platform, but for some reason he wanted to turn around and go back to town. So he disembarked on the one train, jumped over the railway line to come over to the platform where we were. The train came in before he could cross over. So he had to go around the train, jump onto the platform. As he came to the platform, the train was pulling out. It's those days when we used to have first class and third class. I don't know what it is today. The trains are not functional. Whatever. And the first class coaches were at the back. So obviously he didn't have a ticket for the first class. He had to go and catch the third class. So it meant he had to run and outrun the the two first class coaches to be able to get to the last coach of the third class. As he was running, the train was gaining momentum. Finally, this young man got hold of the, of the door of the train and you could see from the way he's running that the train was outpacing him. But for some reason, he didn't want to let go For some reason, he didn't want to let go of the train. And this young man, we watched there. I mean, we were stunned. I was stuck. I mean, I couldn't take my eyes off. He held on to the train, started running, and you could see he's about to fall. But he forced to jump and tried to jump into the train. But the train was too fast. He missed a step and fell between the train and the platform. I never will forget his blood-curdling scream when he called out his mom, "Mama!" As the train was spinning him. Between itself and the platform and his head was being bashed on the platform. And the faster it went, the faster his head spun and he disappeared. Finally, he was pulled out. Brought him on the platform. Young man. In his early 20s, if not late teens, dead. Happened in a split second. I remember leaving that place thinking, I don't think when this boy left home, he said, I'm going to die today. I don't think that's what he said. I'm sure he told his friend, but that was the end. What are you going to do with your time? What are you going to do with the opportunity that God has given you? Concerning your life, are you going to play with it? Are you going to act like you don't hear? Are you going to act like you have more time? It's high time. It's high time. Bow your heads with me. I pray that you'll make the right decision today those of you who are watching television, those of you on Facebook, it's time to receive Christ. Time to say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Savior and Lord of my life. If that's you, follow me in this prayer. Follow me, congregation. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Call that number on the screen. There's people who want to counsel with you. Whatever your situation is, remember, now is the time that you are able to hear this message. It means God has been gracious enough to give you time for your life. Make the right decision. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you all.